0: As always, it is my pleasure that you join me for today's podcast of Second Chance Coaching. My name is Dr. Richard Lewis. If you'd be so kind as to leave me a rating and your feedback, I would very much appreciate it, and it will help others like you to optimally discover this podcast wherever you listen to this and your other favorite podcast. As you know, at Second Chance Coaching, we focus on seeing everyday life, through the eyes of the returning citizen and highlighting the resiliency of the human spirit. I would love to work with you one-on-one, whether you're a returning citizen or coaching client seeking your second chance, or you're a representative of a business, college, or university seeking to integrate and support returning citizens in your respective organizational and learning environments. Please feel free to contact me via email at richard at secondchancecoaching.com or via Instagram at the Dr. Richard Books. Welcome again to another edition of Second Chance Coaching. As always, it is my pleasure to join you in another week of your reentry journey from whichever corner of the world you're listening from. We always remain humbled and excited that you decided to spend a part of your week with us. I hope you enjoyed the first full week of professional football, but in my case, I think I definitely jinxed it with my New York Jets. Our brand new quarterback lasted just four plays and then, boom, he's out for the year. And hopefully not his career, but he's definitely out for the year with a torn Achilles tendon. I was excited we won the game. but sad in that it seems that our season debut and what is likely our most thrilling season moment happened all in just one night. And then all of a sudden, we're in need of a quarterback again. And based on how the Yankees did this year, and now the state of the Jets... I've just processed to already fast forward to looking forward to basketball season with the Knicks and St. John's university. At the end of the day, I definitely wish a quick and painless recovery to Aaron Rodgers, I hope the Jets season that began with so much hope is not left to another campaign of quote unquote, wait until next year. But despite the sports madness, it is so good to be with you this week. You know, right now we're at the beginning of the school year and with, uh, the beginning of any school year, there's excitement and optimism like there is at the beginning of the calendar year, like the beginning of any season, because it's a new slate. It's a new beginning. And the excitement is that we just get to start over. We start from ground zero. Um, the, same, the, the same starting from ground zero is what a lot of my students came in to these classes with into my classes. And they were experiencing the same excitement that a lot of us have for a new school year, a new beginning but also those are the those are those students who are starting school for the first time or at least starting college for this first time also have the fear of the unknown especially those who are taking public speaking i would continually share with those students in my classes that how they succeed in class the measure of their success really is going to begin with their effort not with their skill not with the results but really with their effort the effort to create speeches, such as you know the informative and persuasive speeches that they'll do, and that allows them to be the subject matter expert, the ex subject matter experts regarding what they're presenting to us, what they're presenting to their classmates. You know, I tell them all the time: there's no necessity to sing and dance. All you gotta do is build on the conf- build on the ability to be confident that you're creating a speech that is born out of your creativity, out of your brainchild. So. I tell them in their journey, in their college journey, what has to be developed along the way is the confidence that they need. And that confidence could feed the nurturing of their creativity to create that speech, to create that project, to create that end product that is uniquely theirs. So, as I say to them, that is uniquely yours, which is, of course, you know, it's yours, so it's outstanding. In my case, before developing second chance coaching, the business I was successfully a part of a long, long time ago was when I was in high school and part of my time as a college undergraduate student, and that was being a mobile disc jockey. I was operating this business with three of my good friends, three of my best friends at the time, and any money we made, we split it evenly three three ways. We were in high school, so did we do everything correctly? Absolutely not, but we learned along the way and along the way we learned what our strengths were and what they and what they are some of us were stronger about maintaining the mechanics of the equipment maintain making sure the equipment worked others of us were reliable in providing transportation to make it to our gigs you know somebody had a driver's license to access to a vehicle quicker than some of us did and others were just really good at organizing the gigs and negotiating prices and without planning it amongst each other we just really had all of our strengths just kind of come together and lift each other up but the main thing that we chased in hindsight was really all those skills that nurtured our creativity and in nurturing our creativity we also did that by creating mixtapes you know listening to music that our target market would our target market would like and really we you know sometimes just going to events we learned how to present that music in a in a party in a in a festive atmosphere You know what? That really was the joys of youth, the joys of youth, where we were not worried about imposter syndrome. We just wanted to go as far as our creativity would take us. And of course. Where the party was at, (laughs) as far as we were concerned now, completely fast forwarding to the time of incarceration, many gentlemen would try to pass the time. They would also, in, the, in that dynamic, nurture their creativity. They would do that by rapping, writing, you know, any number of things really to pass the time. In my case, I chose to read numerous books, primarily about business formation and development. And I would use notebooks to write through my business development plans, and I was excited to get the ball rolling. When I got home, I said, "These all these plans I got in mind, I'm just going to put it in play, and then it's gonna I'm going to make it happen. Now... I was not specifically trying to develop a consulting or coaching business because that was not in my immediate view, but uh, the development and composition of a business from soup to nuts was what I was excited about. Specifically, can I consult with or start a business in which my conviction would not be a determining factor in holding me back? I was initially investigating on how to start a software consulting company. Maybe even a real estate investment company and also even a tax preparation service. Investigating and uh, learning how to start these businesses really sharpened my saw. And once again, I'll, I'll keep on pounding this thing, nurtured my creativity and learning about how these specific businesses um, were developed and how they came about and really just how to learn how to develop businesses. period. When I came home, I tried to learn the skills, I tried to start off by doing software consulting, software, computer software consulting. And I started out by doing that by taking A plus classes, which were great, helped me learn a lot, helped me learn to build my own computer. But I learned quickly for the long term, that it really wouldn't be for me. In addition, we talked, I talked about real estate investing. I read a lot and learned a lot about real estate investing. But I discovered quickly that I didn't have the capital or the credit, especially when I first came home to start, start that endeavor off the right way. Now, I was most successful at starting an independent tax preparation business. I would be referred by family and friends and did mostly 1040s and small business returns. And I was successful in doing taxes for a few years. Now, of course, I did this while working full time. And I would, and I would always continue to try to hone my creative skills by reading more books. Mostly, I read a lot of how-to books. You know, that was the way I spend my time on the subway uh, of New York City. So you know, between the time I spent on the subway and the distance I traveled, and reading those books, it really would take no effort to go through a book. I mean, I would go through a book two, three weeks tops. Two, three weeks on the on the on the on the high end, I would get, I would get through those books. And when I was doing that, I didn't realize I was really exposing myself to all these new ideas and being and you know, and, and when you also combine being active in the tax business was not only um, creating my, you know, honing my creative skills, nurturing my creativity, but without knowing it, it was really slowly building my self-confidence and my self-esteem. Now, being creative in one's writing, reading, speaking. Art, music, or any number of things is such a great activity. It really is a healing activity, a restorative activity. So just, just invaluable on one's reentry journey. Now these these nurturing create these nurturing creative activities led to me doing even more nurturing creative activities, and even doing even more nurturing activities, and even more and more and more stuff that I would use immediately and stuff I would use short term. And one of those things long term that I used later on in the reentry journey was joining in and participating in Toastmasters. Now, being in Toastmasters enabled me to be more comfortable in public speaking, more comfortable in my voice, and certainly more confident in my communication skills overall. So a lot of times, I just wanna say that when you're taking on and learning skills, you know, it, it, it really just helps to just pick up a lot of things along the way. You don't know what things that you pick up are the seeds that plant in order to create other things, or to create other, or to create other dynamics, or to create other things that you don't can't even see coming? Now, as I shared in previous episodes, the onset of the pandemic gave me the gave really gave me the opportunity to think about what my next steps would be. You know, in the midst of getting all this knowledge, or whether it be through formal schooling or reading, it always made me think about okay, what am I going to take, and what my next steps will be. You know, all of these seeds that I talked about that I discussed, they were planted to nurture my creative juices that that really contributes to the creation of Second Chance Coaching, this podcast. And, you know, even things like the book that I'm writing. Well, okay, I'm slowly writing the book (laughs) and I'm nurturing a bit as well. But, you know, I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm taking care of it nevertheless. But um, but once again, let me reiterate, when you're nurturing your creativity, is not only good for the rancher journey, but it's good for one's creative soul and good for your soul overall. Because especially then, when you're looking at the passage of time when you're incarcerated or the passage of time when you're coming home, really the the the, the healthy dynamic for your soul or for your mind is really the, the ability to sit there and be creative and say, where can my mind take me? How do I not put limits on myself? And in and reading about now putting limits on yourself, I you know I read an internet article from a, from a gentleman named Paul John. It was written in uh, March of 2023, so earlier this year, and he really talked about seven ways to nurture your creativity. And so I, I wanted to make sure that I shared that with you guys as far as these seven ways according according to Paul John about how to nurture your creativity. Number one, the first thing he talked about was break out of your craft. He says it's really important to step into the paradigms of your teammates, your subordinates, any any anybody that you find whose opinion you find valuable and look at how they see things, you know, understand their different perspectives and and test the way they see things in comparison to the way you see things and to see how that could test the test the limits of your creativity. Hopefully no limits at all. Number 2. Be okay with imperfect work. I love this. One of my good friends and colleagues uh, Mr. Felix Perez from the Fortune Society would always say, he said it almost every day. He said, do your best and leave the rest. When you, when we're doing work, we really do seek approval and reassurance from organizational superiors, teachers, as well as colleagues. Now, why do we do that? You know why? Because we, we strive for perfection. And sometimes we strive for that per- perfection in a very unhealthy fashion. We're in a very unhealthy fashion to try to get that approval. And a, lot of, uh, and a lot of instances when we seek that reassurance, it's just nowhere to be found. Now, yeah, how do we reverse that feeling? You know, but take the dynamic of being okay with imperfect work as an opportunity to realize that our work is never complete. And in knowing this, the learning opportunity of learning something new about yourself and how nimble and ingenious you really are is present. It's right in front of you. Because remember, we always learn more from our mistakes than our accomplishments. So be okay with imperfect work to sharpen your skills for the immediate return on your investment, as well as the long term. Number three. Now, this may go exactly in the opposite of what we just talked about being okay with imperfect work, but but number three is to, is to strive to be indispensable. I found that to separate yourself from others in the marketplace is to obtain and sharpen skills to make one difficult to replace. One may say, well, how does this really nurture your creativity? This more speaks to the process of becoming indispensable or hard to replace. Our creativity and ingenuity is sharpened during that process of making ourselves indispensable because as we sharpen our skills, we are pushing through and discovering and, and getting those creative skills and resiliency and the things that we didn't know about ourselves along that way when we're trying to get to learn that new skill or get to you know, stick with that new project or stick with something for a certain amount of time. Number four, be conscious of your daily schedule. The implication for your everyday life is crucial to nurturing your creativity. The way you work and live must reflect your needs and taste. Your daily schedule should reflect how and where you do your work to optimize productivity as well as the most productive consciousness of your daily schedule. And that would be setting the time for you to go to sleep. To energize yourself and reset in order to be at your best creative state. Number five, find your flow. According to the article, I quote, finding, I quote, finding your flow boils down to really managing your daily schedule, finding a space in which you can do your work, shutting off your phone or other distractions and enjoying the process. Finding your flow was so essential during my doctoral program, as I found my flow in the library and particularly where I carved out that space to do work. And God forbid, I was able to shut down and shut off that cell phone to complete my best work. Number six, chase your curiosities. You know, a supervisor one time addressed a bunch of us in a meeting that we were collectively working together. So we were all talking and discussing the proposed solution to an issue. And after all those discussions was taking place back and forth, the supervisor interrupted the exchange and told told all of us to simply just choose one thing to do, just choose one method. And what would be the worst thing that could happen? If it doesn't work, we just choose something else. It was simple, especially when we were complicating ourselves, seeking perfection in work, seeking perfection in our lives. And doing what the supervisor indicated by just choosing one thing and choosing a method and just trying and just trying something new whether and seeing if it worked or not, we discovered whether it really did work or not. Our curiosities were satisfied because we knew and wasn't wondering if it worked, we knew if it worked or not. And those undiscovered dynamics being tested and then becoming discovered and no longer being undiscovered was really good for us as we were able to work better as we sifted through all the possibilities. And number seven, finally just rest i like that this connects and goes back to the step of being conscious of your daily schedule john in his article calls sleep the greatest creative aphrodisiac we should be we should be as disciplined with sleep as we are about as we are about work making money among hundreds of thousands of other priorities we make before getting proper rest and believe me i myself richard lewis be a horrible offender of not getting enough sleep. But remember, the state of a comfortable sleep allows your mind and body to recover and reflect and allow you to be mentally and physically rejuvenated. But, but But I know there are times when you sit there and say, okay, but if I have a good idea when I'm sleeping, that's fine. Or if I have a good idea when I wake up, there are plenty of times I've awakened from a good night's sleep in the morning with a lot of solid thoughts and ideas. That's why I have that notepad and pen right by my bed so I can make sure that anything I, I think about and right away in the morning, I write it down. Because I wanna make sure that those ideas that are fresh in my mind, that I may forget later on, those are the creative seeds that are right there, that I put them right there for me to go back to and look at at a later point in time. And those are gonna help me. And those will help you throughout your, throughout your life and definitely throughout your reentry journey. You know, I wanna thank you, thank everyone as always, for sharing your time with me. You know, let me uh, take the time, and you know, I'm doing this at the end of the podcast today, but let me take the time to shout out all of you all over this great country of the United States of America. There's so many of you in so many different states that I've went to school with, worked with, grew up with, and I just know, and that you continue to support this podcast in addition to all the new new friends, family, and acquaintances, and colleagues that I've met along the way. And I want to thank you um, to our new friends overseas, our new friends in, uh, in Portugal, Pakistan, Ireland, Philippines, Singapore, Puerto Rico, and Seychelles. I know what you're thinking. He just said Seychelles. Where is Seychelles? Seychelles is the smallest and least populated country in, in the continent of Africa. So our reach of second chance coaching indeed goes far and wide. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone in Seychelles that are listening. Thank you for being part of the Second Chance family. And once again, as always, thank you, you, thank you for again for joining us. And I look forward again to spending time with you next week. Thank you again for joining us here at Second Chance Coaching. In addition to coaching services for individuals and businesses, I'm also available for speaking engagements and workshops on criminal justice reentry, human resources, as well as organizational culture and leadership. Feel free to email me at richard at secondchancecoaching.com, as well as connect with me on Instagram at the Dr. Richard Lewis. Remember, every day you are given this opportunity for your second chance, and I know you'll make the best of it. I love you all, and I look forward to connecting with you next time here at Second Chance Coaching.